Here we are again with Chris Etheridge and Jason Palmer from The Morningside Monster. But before we go on, welcome back to Achieving Reality, the podcast. I can't wait to hear what the fellas will talk about today and what more we'll learn about filmmaking. The Morningside Monster will be shown at the Plaza on January 14th. 2014. Grab your tickets now. Check out the Morningside Monster Facebook page as well. Alrighty, folks, sit back and learn something new. Back in an hour. Now, um, Jason met with me before we did Surprise Party. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And brought in some people that he had been interviewing. And and you could tell Jason knew a lot about these people. I mean, just looking at their headshot. This person does the front of so I could tell already it put a lot of thought and effort into that. Yeah, God, yeah, that was going back a ways two years. Yeah, like, I, and and that's the thing, like, with the with the, um, the process of creating a film, it's now December of 2013. I originally pitched the script idea to Chris probably about two years ago. I think yeah. it was October or Maybe November. Maybe I'd say October 2011. 2000, yeah, yeah, 2011, which was almost two years after we did Survivor Type. I think the final draft number of the shooting script was like draft 12 or 13 or something like that. Yeah. And that took from October until I think March before we actually had the story. And I'll, and I'll just say this real quick. The original story for The Morningside Monster... I wrote back in 1995 or 1996, and it was a short story that I wrote as a favor for my friend Mike Kazanzas, because he was at NYU uh, going to art school and needed to put together a book for his final project. And he knew that I did writing, so I wrote a whole bunch of short stories, and I think he made two copies, and it was leather-bound and everything. And anyway, Morningside Monster was in there, and, uh, but that it was completely different. It was, I mean, the core story's there, but it's completely different, different story. So when we sat down and uh, started writing this script, Chris and I collaborated a, a lot on, okay, well, here's the story. I wrote the first draft, and he's like, hey, I would like to see this. Let's try this. Then I would go back and write a draft, and we did that for a couple months, and then we took it to a, the blank stage screenwriting group, and we read it there, and then they had a lot of suggestions, and went back and rewrote it and so well yeah and we do i mean i think that's a good uh, that's actually comes back to you guys too we i don't like to work in a box you know like like you work in a box for a while and then you go take it to people particular people who are you know the writers group for example we you know we did that and said okay what do you guys think and got a lot of feedback to that level and then you know when we finished the movie we had a test screening and you guys were there and I took it to people. Yeah, we've been talking I, very quiet about that. And that's fine. Well, and, and I appreciate that. But 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 I took it to people specifically mm-hmm. specifically uninvolved with the film. And the reason we do that is because you know if I could I could show it to my crew, but they're vested. They're vested. Yeah, they they have their own ideas and opinions based on having experienced it. You know, and so I'd rather them see the final product. Hey, this is the polished version. This is what you did. So I take it to to people who are not involved, who have you know you guys are movie guys. We had, uh, you know, some writers, you know, but but we do that specifically to make sure, because at this point, I don't know what works and what doesn't. You know, I mean, I, I, you have to trust the initial so work, but you've been with it so long, you need that outside feedback. So it's not like we're going like a studio and going, okay, give me your grade score and, you know, okay, women over 40 don't like it, so we got to change things, you know, things like that. Like, it's not a demographic style test process. It's a, here's some... Tell me what you think. Here's some questions. Here's some specific spots that we're concerned about. What spots were you concerned about? And things like that. So, and we did that very small group of people, and then we made several small but important changes to the film based on the information we got out of that, and it makes it a better movie in the end. So, I, I think the overall point that I was uh, making is for any young filmmaker out there, don't get discouraged because it is a long process. It doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of time, a lot of uh, energy. And don't shoot your first draft. Please don't shoot your first draft. Yeah. It's getting to a point where anybody can put together a quote-unquote movie and get it seen. You can put it on YouTube, get it seen. It's great practice to do that. You can start shooting a little short yeah, film here. The, I mean, people used to do that with their 8 millimeter cameras. And sure, their, but technology has, dem- has but, democratized the process yeah, dramatically. I mean, hey, people are it doing be, them on our iPhones. It won't be now, the Avengers. 
Well, you know. Normally. Yeah. <laughs> but it's become a process that people can actually get involved with. It's what, when, we, when I started our group, that was the point I was trying to make. When we went to the first 48 hours, like, you know, they had these sites where you could go and draw people in. They put postings up, you know, available ADR, you know, or this, that, or the other. And I, did, I purposely didn't go there. It's like, you know what, I know the bare bones of what we need. So we've got that. You know, I'm going to be editing, I'm going to be shooting, I'm going to be, we got that covered. So I went and picked up people I knew would be interested, would bring a certain enthusiasm to the project. It's going to be 48 hours, I'm hanging out with this group of people. I want to enjoy the experience, whether or not it's a great movie or well, not. It's getting your friends together and putting on a show, and then they learn from the process, and the next time it gets better, the next time it gets better. Because I know that you had several people on your crew that you had worked with several times before. Well, and, and that's what I want to say about filmmaking. As and this is coming from um, my producer role, is you see like um, filmmakers like Tim Burton who are always using the same cast and crew. Right. Well, filmmaking, as much as as it sounds glamorous and fun, it's hard work. It's stressful work. So you need to be surrounded with people who can work under tight schedules and a lot of pressure. So when you meet people uh, like cast and crew, like Michael Harper and, you know, Mike Stanley and all these people who are professionals, you know, like, like I, you know, I've been saying, I can't wait to work with them again because the next movie, we have a list of uh, the cream of the crop of people that we know we can depend on. So if you're working, especially if you're up and coming in the film industry, understand that, you know what? whether you're the producer or whether you're the production assistant, you may be, you know, laying down in a pile of leaves in the middle of December holding a boom mic under somebody's car for like five hours. It's just what you have to do. And if you come in with the understanding that, you know what, this is filmmaking and you love that, then you're, you're, you're you know, more than likely you're going to get hired again. So having a great attitude on set is my best recommendation as a producer to uh, someone young trying to get into filmmaking because the worst thing you want to get is a reputation for being um, difficult. Hard to work with. Yeah. yeah. And just because you're the and PA on Morningside Monster doesn't mean that you might not be a producer on Morningside Monster 3 or 4. <laughs> that, that's, that's true. Well, From you know, your mouth to God's ears. So. <laughs> or you could be producer on Morningside Monster and PA on Morningside Monster 3. So it works, it works both ways. Right. In, the, in the model for that, I mean, John Peters, right? Wasn't he a hairdresser one day and then the next day he's producing a movie with Barbara Streisand? Or something? Yeah, that, that is absolutely true. <laughs> I think that's an interesting choice of producers to go with. <laughs> well, well that, was, that shows pretty the yeah, big extremes. It, it is. Mm -hmm. It is. No, actually, I was in. I was at uh, the film conference, the big uh, American film market conference in uh, Los Angeles a couple weeks ago, and that actually, the, the idea that hairdressers are super important in Hollywood is, is so true. A lot of times, because you might be someone with a script whose hairdresser also works on somebody who can do something with that script, you know, like it's, but yes, John Peters was a hairdresser, and he did, uh, I guess, meet people through that job and turn into a big-time producer. Mm -hmm. It happens. You can't say enough about who you know. Who you know is is really really important. Well, it's even here in, in in almost in any industry, but certainly another person I would like to uh, personally thank, who I think did a great job um, and certainly elevated the level of quality on Morningside Monsters, uh, our sound operator um, Dana Simmons, who is just a wonderful guy to have on set, totally professional and uh, just a nice fun guy to be around. Yeah, um, yeah, and and. A lot of indie movies have really bad sound. Sound is if you don't if you don't. Oh, get, we know. If, if you don't get the right, <laughs> no, don't. like sound, sound is so hard to. Uh, it's I mean you know it's 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 hard to get it right. You have to have like you have to have training. Like you really can't just go pick up a boom mic and, and get it right. You have to know what you're doing. And uh, and Dana was a godsend because our movie sounds so much better than most of the indie films in our same kind of category just because of him. Yeah, and and he's everywhere now. I think he's. Working uh, he's on, on Anchorman 2. And... He did Anchorman 2. He's he's on the originals right now, um, which is the mm -hmm. Vampire Diaries spinoff. But yeah, he's he's uh, shooting right on up. Right on mm -hmm. up. God so, bless him. He well, deserves it. Because of his work on Morningside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. his work on Morningside that no one was 
Not yet. No, everybody's heard it. You just don't realize. Oh. Uh, you can come down January 14th, 2014, to the Plaza Theater in Atlanta to hear Dana uh, Simmons' uh, wonderful uh, sound recording on the Morningside Monster. And the new sound system. Uh, yeah, new sound, new system, sound system. As you enjoy the new, the new, the new, the new seats. Curtains. New curtains. Yes. Curtains. <laughs> and they open. Did they remodel the uh, snack bar? So with the same old popcorn, but the new seeds. <laughs> but they do have good and plenty, so uh, that is a plus. Well, apparently they're gonna they're gonna put a full bar in this year. That's oh. that's in the plans. Why is that going? Uh, they probably just shave off some of the ticket booth. And put it there. <laughs> it's a big ticket booth. It is a big ticket booth. If you don't mind me asking, any future projects you guys are working on? Absolutely, and not sure which one yet. We have we have several ideas, uh, and we're talking to several people. You're not um, finished with this one yet. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're, we're kind of wrapping. Like we're, no, we're in that transition phase right now. We're wrapping this one up, and we have an eye towards that. Absolutely. January fifteenth, um, we'll come back and. Uh, <laughs> we'll... Is that a Sunday? Um, no, I don't <laughs> think it is. Wednesday. Yeah, it'll be that Sunday we come. We only. I'm only allowed out on Sundays. No. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Well, except for Tuesday, January fourteenth, when you're at the Plaza Theater experiencing the world premiere of the Morningside Monster. That's right. <laughs> yep. Cool. Yeah, one eight hundred. That's right. We got we got two of them. Oh uh, yeah, what, 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 what's the uh, website? Brown Brown Paper. No, just go to go to facebook.com slash the Morningside Monster and look for the post about tickets. That's a lot easier than me giving you the address to the. And we'll put a link there. Okay. Yeah. So that'll well. be the nineteenth that you'll be coming back. Okay. Oh, okay. Fantastic. And then we can talk about the seats and Ernest. Has... <laughs> Why do we want to talk about Ernest? Oh. I love those movies. <laughs> I've never watched one of those movies. You're not missing much. I've watched like them all. I think like... I saw Ernest Goes to Camp. Uh, I think that, was that was the first, the first yeah. one. That's yeah. the well, I think I saw Ernest Goes to Hell. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I saw a movie very much like that. <laughs> that. That's the guy with the hockey mask, right? No. <laughs> we had a long, dis- we, not a long discussion, but we discussed that on the podcast about Kane Hodder playing Freddy Krueger. Uh, yeah. Because he I does. That one. No, you didn't. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't. He's the arm. He's the oh, arm. Oh yeah, well yeah. And comes up and grabs the mask. No, I, I meant I missed the podcast when you were. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. I couldn't even tell you which one it was. Mm. It wasn't four. It wasn't four. Yeah. It wasn't four. Yeah, but he was such a nice guy when we met King Hunter. Oh, he's a scary dude, though. Holy cow! He's got a movie that just came out called Exit to Hell. It stars uh, the wonderful Tiffany Sheppis mm-hmm. with Kane Hodder. It is on VOD right now. You should check it out. Get Kane Hodder for your next movie. Uh, you know, and then invite us out because that'd be cool. It would be cool. Uh, you know, well, it, use it your, all depends on. But you give room. us the money to hire him. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to use your movie set as a place to meet really tall, scary people. All right, all right, cool. That's, but he's uh, really good friends. You have to use Craigslist. I think for there's that. a fetish site for that man. Craigslist, oh, Craigslist, fetish. fetish. Oh, okay. yeah, maybe a fetish site. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe the fetish have a fetish. Well, all right, all right. Uh, the fetish, get into yeah. some alliteration here now. <laughs> But you know, it was kind of funny when Kane Hunter was so excited to see Kenny Baker's wife at Dragon Con. Oh yeah, it was her first Dragon Con. That was the funniest thing. And I'm talking to Kane Hunter about the movies and he's signing that mask that's upstairs. And Kenny Baker's wife, R2, comes over and he's like, holy crap, R2-D2's here. And he stands up and I'm like, I'm backing away. The man has killed tattooed on the inside of his lip, and who knows what he's and going he's to do. And he's very excited at the moment. <laughs> we spent a bit of time on the podcast lamenting the fact that they recast that part. Oh, yeah. the, the, For uh, that the Freddy vs. Jason and then the reboot. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Okay, so uh, everybody out there, I'm a big uh, Friday the 13th fan. He's wearing a Cramp Crystal Lake oh, yeah. shirt right now. That's true, I am. So, yeah, so uh, actually my wife and I, we were just having this discussion about um, how uh, Kane Hodder kind of got the shaft on Freddy vs. Jason. And I'm of the opinion, and now I don't know how we got on Friday 13th, but... We do I, that. We always get there eventually. I <laughs> love Hillbilly Jason. So I love uh, Jason in Part 2, 3, and 4. Those are my, my favorite look and style of Jason. But Kane Hodder is my favorite Jason... For the simple fact of he loves the role. And he gave and, him wife, really. Yeah, and and he, he you know, where all these other stunt people at the time, it was kind of like this, you know, weird stigmata. Oh, you're playing Jason. He embraced it. 
I, I don't necessarily like his hulking look. That doesn't really uh, feel right to me for the for the part, but I just love that he loves being Jason. So um, when he was taken out of uh, Freddy vs. Jason, I thought that was a, a big injustice. But then I saw the movie, and I'm like, thank God, because that movie was terrible. And um, <laughs> I'm the only person in the world that liked that movie. I liked it. I oh own it. God. What are you talking about? I, oh, I own it. I liked it. I, liked I love it. it. I, I liked I it when it. I, I just... saw it the first time. It's a great comedy. And then when I went oh, back and watched much. it and like it was falling asleep 15, 20 minutes into the movie, right. I was like, oh, this is not as good as I remember. Yeah, it doesn't hold up the scrutiny. Freddie gets one kill. He doesn't use his glove to do it. It was like, oh, God, it was such a mess. That's and then, why they and ended then, up going like, versus. Oh, okay, so they're in you, Ohio. You don't like fake Jason Muse? <laughs> no, they're in Ohio. And, and my yeah. wife and I There's discussed this. There's a lot of fake Jason Muses in those movies. We, yeah. we watched uh, Freddy vs. Jason not too long ago. He's not that expensive. They're, they're in Ohio where the Nightmare movies take place. And they're drugging Jason to get to uh, Jersey, where Camp Crystal Lake is. But it takes them like three hours. From Ohio to Jersey is not a three-hour drive. And, I, oh, God, it just it kills me. And can you really give somebody who's essentially a zombie mouth-to-mouth? -mouth? <laughs> uh, no. Don't, don't, I, you know, I blocked that part oh out. Oh, my God, he's drowning. Me. Oh, no, he's God. drowned. He drowned a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. I don't think it's going to do him any more harm. Then, uh, it they, might. That, that could have been such a great film. I was so excited for that. That's one of those that fell victim to the studio process. Oh, they, the, uh, yeah. We got this script. Uh, Man, somebody a did. Of, somebody a lot of scripts of that out there. Yeah. yeah. Somebody didn't like that about the script, so we redid the script. We got this person to do it, and this person to do it. That fell into production hell. Mm. Yeah, there was so many problems with that movie. Anyway, <laughs> that's my Friday the 13th and that poor guy who the played, And that poor guy who played Jason in that movie can... Um, I can't remember his last name. Stan wound up playing um, a Jason-like character in that horrible um, Stan Helsing. Oh, oh, Stan oh, Helsing? oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Wound up playing the Jason character in that mm. afterwards. Like, oh, poor guy. Yeah. Well, his. I mean, that I'm was, sure the paycheck was nice, but yeah. that was his shining moment. Not that, but the Freddy versus Jason. That was, that was his I thought you were gonna say that was his punishment for taking. Yeah, job. Well, I did enjoy the, the yeah, but the Hatchet remake one, of, uh, two, and three Friday is great. Thirteenth, did you? For, well, I I did. I I, I, I thought they too. did a lot of things right. The one they, thing that uh, they destroyed it for me though was that he kept Basically. the girl alive in the in the basement. We talked. Well, about the whole it. basement and underground talk explains a lot about how he gets from place to place. But it really kind of turned him into Leatherface for me. His whole process. Yeah, of, well, I don't know. The new, just, the the the, uh, the like new one that was pretty good too. Oh, uh, so I, I hated that. <laughs> the three D one is that the one? No, no, one? not the three D uh, one. No, no, no. Oh uh, yeah, okay. The the remake with Jessica Biel. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that one I enjoyed. Yeah. I actually like that three D version. The movie is the, the plot itself is kind of weak. I mean, I saw but it. I like I like the fact that they went back to the original and what they did with it. That sheriff aged remarkably. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> it's what kind of yeah. took me out of the movie to begin with. It was like, he yeah. looks really yeah, good they, for the me. Problem, the problem it had is they wanted to do it 20 years later. Mm -hmm. And so they kept like really fussing with the timeline. And they kept like hiding. Like when they shot the gravestone, they didn't nah. you know, they didn't show the date for the year, right? Mm -hmm. And the problem is they kept like pointing the finger on the fact that they were sputzing with the timeline so much that it's just like, really, what are you guys doing? Well, because, I mean, yeah, because it opens in the 70s. And then, you know, like uh, Chris was saying, uh, they're, they're messing with the timeline. But then they obviously, they just said, fuck it at one point, And they got the, the, the cop walking around with his iPhone. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, yeah, 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 right, it's like, right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They, yeah. You noticed that too, did you? It's, it was, yeah, it was, it was a mess of a script, unfortunately. <laughs> it was nice to see the Gunter again. Yeah. Well, that, that's true. Yeah, yeah. I say that about a lot of movies, don't I? You do. It's nice to see uh, weird, which Gunter's not in, which is which makes it really weird. No, it's just about some actor I haven't seen in a while. It's nice to see him again. <laughs> I always try to find something nice to say about. Yeah, no, about I mean, it. Yeah. So, I know a lot of people work hard. Yeah, oh sure. No, there's several there's sequences in there I thought were, were interesting, but yeah, just. I mean, I thought the concept was interesting. You know, and we're not, and, and it's not like it's not like we're like Morningside Monsters, the best movie you've ever seen ever. You know. Because it is. It's a hard process, and sometimes you have to make choices that maybe you wouldn't make if you didn't have yeah, budget. So yeah. I'm sort of, talking you know. strictly as a fanboy at, yeah, at yeah, this yeah. point. Yeah, that, yeah. I took off my filmmaker hat and now <laughs> Right. Well, right. Because Morningside is not necessarily something you can pigeonhole as a horror movie. No. 
I mean, there's a lot of drama and personal Honestly, interaction. And, and I would go more the way of the way Psycho was. It's not technically horror. It's suspense. It's a suspense. It's, it is. We, we've been mystery. referring to it as a like basically a psychological thriller with horror elements. Yeah, there kind, you go. kind of how yeah. we've been uh, referring to it. Really, I was, I've been referring to it as a, a musical comedy. Did, were you at the same filming? He, God, he was. He was. It was the acid right before. Oh, that. okay. Yeah, that's, 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 yeah. I really do want to see that cut, though. Why am I chained to this table? Somebody help me, please. Now, are you gonna you gonna plan to stick it in the same genre or for, for your next project? Are you gonna branch out or? Well, that's uh, on January fifteenth. We'll discuss that. The fifteenth. Yeah, yeah you, you know. It, it, so, uh, you know, yeah. Without getting into specifics, the reality of what we're gonna do next <laughs> is gonna be dependent on, like, the market. Like, what's you know what movies are selling, and or what types of movies are selling, and what we can find funding for. You know, that's what it comes down to. Is we have to convince people to give us money to make these things investors and so sometimes it depends on what the investors are interested in sometimes it depends on what we can you know what we think we can sell so it, it, there's a lot of variables so certainly horror is on the table uh sci-fi is on the table yes. action is on the table genre <laughs> genre oh uh, yes the, the clown, clown movies are on the table no <laughs> um no uh but yeah it just, it just really it's kind of up in the air because of that we have ideas and we have things that we're working on and we will uh figure out what it is Sometimes we don't answer those questions. We're like we don't pick a thing and say this is it. It's what people around us who can help us make them. Right. Because mm -hmm. uh, no. Chris and I, uh, we have a production company called Blue Dusk, and ultimately Blue Dusk is the the company that's going to be making these films. And then there's you know because of legal stuff, there's sub companies and whatever. So what Chris is saying is. Blue Dusk has several options of what we want to do next, and we just need to uh, kind of figure that out. Yeah. So the market really will tell you what you want. Oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, and, and I'm not kidding. When you go talk to the people that buy films, they'll be like, oh, yeah, right now sci-fi is really big. Oh, yeah, right now urban is really big. Oh, yeah, right now. You know, and, and literally that's like the, there's a kind of a, well, this is what's selling right now. There's too much of this movie, so we're not buying these right now. Like, you know, and and you got to be ahead always, of the curve, too, because... You also have to produce it. You yeah. can't make what's hot right now. Like, you make what's as I'm sure, hot. I'm sure everyone who pays any attention to genre films right now knows zombie movies. There's too damn many of them. Yeah, you know, and so they're not selling. Like, like they're, they're like, oh, you know, they're they're a dime a dozen right now. So they won't. The, the people who buy movies won't buy zombie movies right now because there's just too many of them. So that's going to go away. And you know, in five or ten years, they'll, they'll come right back. You know. Well, um, like we're stirping Netflix, and every third movie is a zombie, zombie movie. movie. Yeah. yeah, and you know, I'm a big zombie movie person. And every time Linda sees a zombie movie on Netflix, she's like, oh, look, a zombie movie. Because she thinks I'll be interested. And I'm like, huh. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's got she was, point The point is, like, you know, we drew, for the 48 hour, when we drew for a surprise party. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, you're going to go make your zombie movie. And I'm like, no. Like, everybody and their brother's making a zombie movie right now. The suspense. And it's, it's really lost its edge for me. I'm a big Romero fan. The original zombie movie, not the jog zombies. Jog zombies annoy the hell out of me. Job zombies, <laughs> zombies fast, that zombies oh. that come equipped with trainers and uh, and the ability to run faster than most vehicles, because <laughs> it's not the creeping doom that it was right. when Romero did it. Mm -hmm. the, the, the creeping inevitability of death yeah. personified by these shambling Though zombies. The, the fast zombie does have its place. Well, I mean, it does add a, an edge to it. I mean, because then you ha you you can't just be like, oh well, I'll just. Hop on my skateboard and get going. Right. <laughs> it worked really well for the Dawn of the Dead remake. I, oh, I love the Dawn of the Dead remake. I, I thought that was too. incredible. It's not what I consider a traditional zombie film, right. but it was a well-done film. Yeah. And it held my interest, but it loses its metaphor for me. Mm -hmm. it's, it becomes just a standard monster film. Yeah. No, I, 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 I I'm sorry, agree. Sorry, completely off topic, but you know. no, not really. Oh, no. We're Wait, just going around the table. There's a doing topic. Our, what? We're just going around the table doing our rants. It's off topic would be if we started oh, talking about American Girl dolls and their impact on society and the culture of young women. I think women. I have their album. That would have been off topic. <laughs> no, no, that's a different American Girl dolls. Yeah, that's, yeah. 
They're, they were an 80s band, right? No. <laughs> no. That's right. Blade 7. Blade 7. Uh, yeah. Blade 7. <laughs> but yeah, so, so as Chris was saying, yeah, there'll be waves of uh, genre. I think, uh, you know, there was the lost footage uh, or found footage wave a few years ago, and then obviously the zombie wave. So, so when you go, Hunger Games wave is going to be the Teen Angst movie. Yeah, oh yeah, right. Twilight. Oh, that's always post-apocalyptic teen movies. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, make it my mission in life so. to keep you from going there. Yeah, it's not really our, you know, it's kind of not really our bag of chips. Good. Is your bag of popcorn? No. Okay. okay. You didn't even break out the bowl for that. I haven't. Dude, you gave me a look when I talked about it, so I didn't haven't busted it out yet. No. Yeah, you said wasabi. Yeah. Yes, no, it's not spicy. It's just got that flavor to it. Oh my gosh! It's good. I could eat a whole thing of that. So, when you sit down to write one of these, mm-hmm. how long does it take you to get that initial draft together? Because it uh, takes me about two, four years. <laughs> well, that, that, I mean, that's a good, good question. It, uh, we're pushing closer to four right now. If it's like something like with Morningside, and I knew there was a deadline, it gets done a lot quicker. Mm. Um, Writing the the first draft for me usually ends up being like a 300 page process because I'll I'll just write everything you know like part, part way there you know so you know like a perfect example is like a, like I'll extend scenes for for when you're writing uh, the the rule of thumb is always come in late and leave early in a scene in it for for screenwriting. But I'll always extend the scenes and like, you know, just like an example, if, uh, if a woman's walking toward a shoe store, it, in my mind I'll write what kind of shoe she buys just so I understand the character better. If I give that draft to Chris, he'll never see that. But for me, when I'm writing it, it helps me figure these characters out better. Uh, writing a, a first draft really depends on the story and, and um, again, how much time and... Uh, you can always go back and edit right those things out but to go back and try and extend the scene if it's not flowing sometimes gets to be a falsehood to it because you're not writing it in the same set of circumstances you were writing the original scene at least i find right it's harder to go back and tack something on than it is to just cut something off yeah well and yeah you don't want to you don't want to ever force anything Uh, if a scene feels that it needs to be 30 seconds then the scene needs to be 30 seconds if you know someone comes back and says, "Oh well, you need this scene to be three minutes," then I I would have to I would have to argue strongly against doing that because then if it's unnecessary, then it just makes the scene not work. And, and you're having to do it twice, at least on this one, right? You're doing editing as well. Oh well, yeah, so, editing the film. Uh, but that's yeah. I, you so know, it's the same stuff. set of circumstances you're having to tangle with at the end of the oh, production. Oh well, yeah. I mean, so yeah. So editing compared to actually writing it, um, it, it's a completely different process because y- you you pick up the rhythm of the actors at that point. When you write something, it's a very almost uh, flat. Um, uh, you know, it, it's flat until the actors and the director and everybody else involved gives it the uh, you know organic life to it and then once once you get into the editing you have all the contribution that everybody's put into it so you got to find that rhythm when when you're editing it and create a movie out of it like they say there's there's three movies you make the one that you write the one that you shoot and the one that you end up with and you're on the beginning and end of that so it's kind of like constructing the movie and reconstructing the movie yeah it's you know it's certainly an interesting process and you and as a writer uh, you see what works and, and what doesn't, and um, it certainly helps you when you go to write the next one. Uh, a quick little funny story was uh, one of the uh, first films that I ever wrote. It was called uh, Creepy Tales. I did up in Jersey with a like with a film company uh, called Cinema Sky, and um, and God bless them, uh, they did a great job with what I had given them. Um, but there was one scene that kills me. I must have wrote the word staples like four times in a row. So when the actor is trying to deliver this scene talking about staples, it, you hear how bad the writing is. <laughs> and and I watch that scene and I'm, and and to me it, it makes me cringe just because. Yeah, we're going to encounter that a lot. Yeah. So if you got, it if you reads got... one way, but it sounds completely different when someone says it. 
Well, you, well, first of all, you should read it out loud to yourself mm-hmm. as you're going. Seriously, oh, that, that will help. But also, like, if you if you've got a line of text, like a like a speech a section, of, you know, or whatever, or a section of dialogue, yeah. If, if you're using the same word twice, that's not like an article or something, you know, mm-hmm. make sure it's really important because otherwise, it just sounds like you didn't think about using a different word. Your example is that Mason's that it sounded good to me at two in the morning. Sure, it always does. <laughs> <laughs> So what he's saying is essentially my forty-eight hour writing sucks. No, no, well, but, no, but that, I mean, that's the at kind three of in the learn. morning it does. But yeah. That's the kind of things you learn from right. Well, again, forty-eight hours, you that, don't have the time to. But like, you gotta, when you to write learn. something, when you write something, you need to step away from it for a little bit, and then come. You know, what I mean? you, you mm-hmm. can't just like. And forty-eight hour doesn't give you the opportunity to do oh, that. No. You know, so, so that's one of the. That's what again, I'm stepping away not, from it for a while. <laughs> the only exception you know to that rule with the forty-eight hours, Otis the two-headed space carrot, which. Uh, was done in 48 hours and uh, it was a masterpiece from beginning to end. <laughs> kind of high on yourself, aren't you? Oh, and Achieving Reality. Achieving Reality. Achieving Reality is a masterpiece of its own sort. It is. It Award become, winning. It has become what we are today. Yeah. yeah. You oh, are, yeah, that's you right. are on the Achieving Reality uh, podcast. Yeah, it, it started as a 48 hour, right? <clears throat> and soon we'll have. Uh, achieving reality, the lunchbox, and the, no, the flamethrower, the flamethrower, the t-shirt, I'm alcoholic looking. soda, and the frisbee, and the <laughs> alcoholic soda. Yeah, how's that coming, by the way? Pretty good. That's what I was talking to Dave about. Oh. <laughs> you say it as a joke, but no, I did not say it as a we, joke. We don't, we don't see where the line between joke and reality is sometimes. No, no. Mm-hmm. it is actually it is a huge hit. But that's to, that's what I was kind of getting at with that kind of loaded question was. I'm waiting to see Jason's comedy. Yeah. His, com- his comedic <coughs> script. Oh, uh... You can go on Amazon right now. Yeah, and buy Idiots go, Are Us. Idiots Are Us. We won the 2006 uh, New York Independent Film Festival for uh, Best Comedy. And that was, uh... You know, and, and that's the one, you know, my mom always says, when are you going to stop writing horror? And I say, Mom, I won the New York Independent <laughs> Film Festival with a comedy. Go, you know, I, it's always about the horror. I do other well, things. Well, a lot of, I mean, <laughs> yeah, horror comedy. A, a lot of independent filmmakers skew towards horror. I mean, Sam Raimi started out right. with his first big film, this horror. I mean, he made a lot of comedies and things like that to begin with. But well, you know, and the thing is, with the the horror genre that's, uh, I guess, uh, independent filmmakers gravitate toward, is that you can make them relatively cheap. They're never taken too seriously, so you can have fun with them. And so, you know, if there's, you know, you see a wire on a bat or something like that, you know, it adds to the charm in some cases. And they're, you know, they're 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 popcorn movies that, that are easily done. And so I think, uh, yeah, I think I think that's the thing about uh, horror films that are uh, perfect for uh, independent film. See, so, and yeah, there you go. Spaceships cost money, man. Spaceships cost yeah. money. That's you know, ours cost five dollars. No, it did. Yeah, there's a spaceship in our in our greatest movie the ever. World's greatest movie. Yeah. Fantastic. I thought you found it in the garbage. The rest of it. Oh, the main component cost five dollars. Oh yeah. yeah, we're being very secretive about it though. Very, very secretive. No, because that way if it never materializes, <laughs> no one knows what they missed out on. Exactly. exactly. Well, right now we know there's uh, spaceships and a musical number. Well, there will be. <laughs> now there's a musical number. Wow. There wasn't until until you mentioned it. Wow. All I gotta do between now and then is learn to write music. Nah. Let's hire somebody fancy. Nah. We got Blackburn. Hey, Marissa. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Oh, Marissa, too. Yeah. That's the thing about the people we try and keep around us is that everybody has a talent. I mean, yeah. except for Chris and I. <laughs> <laughs> we have a talent for spotting talent. Yeah. yeah. So you guys could be producers. It's like, yes. Like, <laughs> funny enough, we will be. Well, we didn't have Tina. Um, well, it's like with, with Susan, we brought Susan into the, the group. She's like, well, I don't know anything about making movies. It's like, you don't have to know anything about making movies. We'll find out what you can do, and you can do it. And it turns out she's really good with crafts and, 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 and findings and continuity. And, and Which is important. And not ours. So glasses, no glasses. Glasses, no glasses. Glasses, no glasses. That's Bill's. <laughs> that wasn't mine. Um, but she's good with crafts and she knows where to scavenge for props. You know, we needed birthday party yeah. decorations. She knows exactly where to go. And yeah, we got a, and we got a couple of people who are really good at that, and that's a really important skill. To have an unsung, 
I mean, you don't hear about the very famous Academy Award winning prop guy too much. Mm. I do. Um, I like the prop guy. Name one. I can't, but I like the prop guy. Susan. Susan. Yeah, no, yeah. Wait. uh, If I'm being honest, though. From y'all. As far as Fear goes, yeah, Tonyette, absolutely fantastic, our director. Um, There, there's one. And where's Mini Hats? Uh, and wears many many hats. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think I've seen a picture so of her. So detail oriented, man. Her, like she did labels, like it, for wine bottles that you can see for half a second. You know what I mean? But when she sets the table, but it's somebody, all somebody has to do that. Exactly. It's 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 all there, um, and she's very very good at that. But you know, I mean, if we're being honest, as far as crew goes, they're all unsung heroes. Nobody, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, no one knows who the head gaffer is. He saved our movie. Guy named Brandon. He saved our movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Well, they're hearing about him now. And that's the right. And Brandon Bishop. Brandon Bishop. And, and Brian Redding, of course, shoots the movie. And, and all these people. Like, there's so many people. And they're doing stuff that, again, like I said, lying in the leaves for five hours to make sure that something is exactly right. And, you know, and they don't, they don't get credit other than on, in the, at the end of the movie. Like, they're, they're all unsung heroes. When people are walking out of the center. Right, right? exactly. It's, 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 uh, or when they're cutting off half the screen. Those, well, that's why what Marvel did is brilliant, having those uh, extra clips at the end of the, the movie. At the very end to keep you there. Cause, yeah, because yeah. now, now, now you're forced to watch the credits. I like that's the ones um, that actually inter, interspersed, and it's rare. I'll need them. Interspersed them Started through with, the... Back with Smoking mm-hmm. the Bandit, mm-hmm. right? Sure. And he passed away recently. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. yeah throwing the... Uh, heck, just throwing the... Uh, yeah, the bloopers. The bloopers through there. That keeps yeah. people there because people Pixar just does. laugh themselves silly to some of those. Mm-hmm. The Pixar bloopers, is, I think, is a concept. Oh, yeah. It's just a brilliant concept. Yeah. But, yeah, the, um, you know, when you see the new Marvel movie, they'll have a, a tag scene at the end of the movie that people to stay and watch for. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it'll lead to another film, and, you know... Yeah. And Marvel's really changed big budget filmmaking forever in that regard because you know dc is scrambling all over themselves to do the same thing and uh fox just announced that they're doing the same thing they're going to mesh x-men and fantastic four and they hired a guy to do it to, to keep track of all that stuff you know it's just like all that stuff's going to start each those universes are all going to start bending into each other which they should because well, yeah. we we they are one universe right well when is the uh, the next avengers coming out it's like 2015 15 there's so like we'll have 14, the, 20 movies coming out. Well, we'll have a, next year we'll have the um, the Future's Past with yeah. X-Men, which yeah. will have Quicksilver in it. Yeah. And, and Avengers, Scarlet Witch. And Avengers 2 will have the same two characters. Yeah. Um, different, different, different actors. Different yeah. actors. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and the Avengers will not be allowed to call them mutants. Right. So. It's part of the deal, I think. It's all. Yeah, it's all, you know, that's, that's where it gets silly. You know, it's like, come on. Can't we all just get along? <laughs> it seems to me it would be just a huge opportunity for both studios to have cross promotion. This yeah. character is going to be in both movies. Exactly. And that's extra action figures to sell. That's extra. Well, it's yes. like the, the Pixar guys. I, mean, I don't know if you've seen it online. There's a guy who writes everything that happens in the Pixar, in any Pixar movie, is all in the same universe. That's I, why I everything pops that. up. Like the little truck, mm-hmm. the pizza truck. It's yeah, in yeah. every yeah, film. It's, all over, yeah. but yeah. it's in every film. They've actually had Mater ever since Cars came out in a couple of them. He's in Planes. You know, but, John Ratzenberger. Yeah, John Ratzenberger keeps yeah. popping yeah. up. And that's actually true. He's in everyone. And uh, yeah, I they all happen in the same was, thing. was in Toy Story. Yeah, he was. Like, and then the pizza truck is in his little... As the thing's rolling by, the pizza truck rolls by. Huh. And it's also... In big size, as he's boxing up garbage, they kind of scan past. You see the rocket from the pizza rocket. Yeah, pizza but truck. but I think you know Pixar. Those are all kind of like in just kind of inside Easter egg type stuff. Like yeah. know, with Marvel in particular, like you're actually seeing plot points from one movie well, pay off in another right. movie. Right, but I'm just saying if they started, even if they started small like Pixar, yeah, yeah. and and then you could do like Chris. I mean, you could have one guy in like three different variants as a toy. Yeah. In a box, mm-hmm. be like these are from the three movies that he was in. Sure, yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. the licensing gets in the way a lot of times. Yeah, it does. Because yeah. the actors you, don't care. If you would They're ignore like, well, that check, uh, no, actors care. Actors uh, care. Yeah, but the guy that got playing Quicksilver in the X Men movie would probably really like to be in that Avengers movie too. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Because who wouldn't want to be in the Avengers movie? Me. Oh, I'd love to be in the Avengers movie. Now, now, let me ask you. In your credits, do you have 
what we were just talking about? Anything that will keep people want to stay after the movie to look at the credits? They have a Q&A. Yes, yeah, 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 we have a Jason <laughs> News. Wow. Now, our credits are pretty traditional credits. Okay. Um, well, and that's, and that's honestly, it's a, it's a, that's a, uh, a reality of time. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, well, this movie yeah. doesn't really lend itself to a blooper reel at the end of the movie. <laughs> That's true too. It's not. Yeah, and we don't have. I mean, honestly, we don't. We have a handful of bloopers, but there's not that many. We don't have. Um, you know, and it usually, usually you get better bloopers if it's a comedy. You know, usually not always, but. Um, well, people start cracking themselves up. And... Yeah. Well, you don't have any film of Jason throwing rocks into the woods. <laughs> Did you throw rocks into the woods? Yeah, well, oh, you were directing. Yeah, see, so I, sometimes a lot of stuff happens on set that I don't, I don't notice because because it's uh, very you funny. Know. You'd hear look over at me, like. So the payoff for me is I spend, you know, two years writing the script or a year writing the script, and then when we're actually on set, I don't have anything to do. So that's when Chris is working. So while Chris is working, I just fuck around with everybody and. So Larry and Chris had uh, visited the, the set to shoot some photos, and um, I hope you have some use out of those. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, uh, so I kept Back you know throw, throwing rocks Bottom into the woods to uh, uh, simulate that there was someone coming from the woods to come and get everybody, and and of course it was just me. <laughs> it was coming. It was Jason coming again. Coming from Jason. Can I use you some more water, Jason? Uh, yeah, please. Sure. Would you mind stepping up in the fridge and grabbing one last little one? You're not done with that one. No, I will no. be. Well, if we're going to make one interruption, we might as well make one, in, one big <laughs> interruption. <laughs> yeah, I was desperately trying to stay out of the way while you're while you're shooting, and then it's uh, occurring to me, those are the best shots to take while you're yeah. shooting, but... Yeah, it is what it is, man. You don't want to distract from yeah, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, behind the scenes stuff, it's always, it's always hard to get what you need to get and not be in the way, but, you know, you just do the best you can. Yeah, but no, those, those pictures are great, um, and we appreciate it, because it really does help us out. Nice. And again, thank you guys for uh, having us. Absolutely, today. yeah, this has been a blast. No, we are more than happy to do it. We, you actually gave us a topic. Yeah. <laughs> any, any merchandising opportunities for the holidays? You know, soon? you know. <laughs> no, we, we, we have those action figures One out. of the things that we're doing, you know, our, our tickets, we're selling, uh, when you buy tickets, you can just buy it for the premiere, which is... I don't know if you guys know. It's January 14th. I don't think we mentioned that yet. I don't think so. Um, 2014. 2014. Yeah. At uh, six o'clock, right? Or seven o'clock. Seven o'clock and nine okay. nine forty five. If you're if you're uh, if you got to be in bed by ten, come to the early one. If you uh, if you're a night person, come to the late if one. If you get out of bed at ten. Right. If well, you exactly. mention it about nine times too, just to make sure. Um, so. But, yeah, but if you if you buy if you go to our tickets, you can buy a straight ticket, or you can buy a ticket with a poster for a couple bucks more, or you can buy a ticket with a t-shirt for. And a poster. And a poster. Oh, yeah. You get, uh, 25 bucks gets you a ticket, a t-shirt, and a poster. Oh, yes, but will the t-shirt fit a fat man um, like me? It would probably look... Nope, that's, nope, that's wrong shirt. <laughs> I was about to just take off my clothes. <laughs> um, it's right. going to look like this white shirt. I wore shirt. that yesterday. Like, that's just how my days all blur together. I wore it. No, it'll probably be... Um, like, we haven't finalized the design yet, but it'll probably be, if you've seen our poster um, that has the mask, uh, it'll probably be that with the, with the title. That's a good. That's a good guess that that'll be what we'll do. Um, it's gonna be hot stuff either way, and uh, <coughs> yeah. pretty much as as far as I know, all the cool kids are gonna be wearing them. Yeah. So uh, it, it's highly recommended that you get the twenty five dollar package because I mean, it, really, like if you're if if you're at the theater and you're not wearing one and and everybody else is, you're gonna feel left out. That's right. So. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I just want everybody. It's like to showing see, up in yeah. gym shorts to the prom. Right. You know, right. you don't want to do that. It's right. not good. Not again. Wait, you weren't supposed to do that? Yeah. <laughs> not again. Well, I, mean, I, I just yeah, want to I make mean, sure that everybody's comfortable when they come to the premiere. <laughs> yeah, and the question is, do you have big sizes or you just have normal size T-shirts? Uh, uh, no, I think we've got. I think small through XXL. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so no big size. No big size. Oh, is it? Okay. We we pride ourselves on our third X. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Look at me. I will look into it then. <laughs> will there be opportunities for people to get their posters signed by various um, members of cast and crew? Maybe. Yeah. That, that I don't. That's that's a whole different thing. Maybe. Jason uh, said he'll certainly. Yeah, certainly, I some will. of us will. Yeah, but some 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 of our actors actually make. A lot of their income from signing their name, mm-hmm. um, and it's and, and so that becomes a thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't think that uh, we can ask them to just do it for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
Well, but you, you could ask, but don't probably say no. But, but then I say no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll, that's stuff I got to work out with other people in in general. But certainly, yeah, certainly some of us will, if you want it. Um, I'll scribble. <laughs> Jason will scribble. You know, we'll write we'll write nasty things to your mom. If you Sweet. Want. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. I'll, she won't mind. I'll scribble Chris's name. Yeah. <laughs> that might be very valuable. Him One scribbling day, Chris's yeah. name? Yeah. This is Jason signing Chris's name. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a really fun night. We're gonna have we're we're making an event like two screenings instead of one. Question and answer. Question question and answer after both of them. Oh, time. oh yeah, no. Oh. Yeah. I'm shutting up. <laughs> Maybe some other things. We're working on some. We're working on stuff still. Like we're up to the. We'll, you know, we're working on trying to make it as cool as possible. Um, hmm. I don't. I don't no, know. No, okay. Probably not cold Aww. answers. Burlesque probably answers. not. Um, probably not. Is Jason gonna break out the song. Probably. No, well, we're, cool. yeah, but we're trying to keep it cool. We're trying to keep it cool. Yeah. But you know. Yeah. Um, well, the reality, you know, again, um, with the success of the live version of uh, the Sound of Music that was on recently, right. uh, we're we're going to do the whole thing live yes. uh, on stage at the Plaza Theater, January fourteenth. Yes. It's cool. actually not a movie anymore. No. We turned it into a play. play. Yeah. Stage play. Yeah. 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 We trashed the whole movie idea. <laughs> Interpretive yeah. dance. Interpretive dance. That's right. <laughs> so. Oh. You said you were going to Remind me, I need to band scene in our movie. Well, we'll go, but we're going to send the movie a lot of places. Yeah, I think oh, there's. Okay. Think, uh, it's an excuse to wear a leotard. Yeah, I think we've sent. I think we're either we've sent <laughs> it or we're going to send it to one in Sydney, Australia. That's that's on our list. Like, but we'll, yeah, England. Yeah, we'll send it. We'll send it to wherever we can. You know. Whoever will have us. So if you're listening to this and you run a film festival and you would. Like the Morningside Monster to be a part of that, please uh, reach out to us and we'll be happy to uh, see sure. if we can arrange Facebook, that. Facebook.com slash the Morningside Monster. So, um, last time we spoke about this, you were saying that they, uh, you were adding music into it. Right. We, uh, uh, so, uh, we have uh, several uh, bands and, um, and our composer, uh, Jeremy Frank. Uh, Jeremy wrote a great score uh, that just... I still owe him a debt for helping nope. out with the Oh, that's right, yeah. See, 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 again, this goes back to the if you're cool and you do a good job, people will hire you again and again. And so, so yes, Jeremy helped um, with uh, Christopher and Larry on Surprise Party and, and, and you no. know, he worked with, uh, with us on several things and... So we didn't. Yeah, no, Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy. We worked work. with Jeremy a lot, and he's a his 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 score is fantastic for Morningside. It's just it's just really truly a great little score. And then we got some uh, we got some up and coming independent bands. A friend of mine from uh, New Jersey. Um, he has a band called uh, Books, and they have a song on the soundtrack. And and you can Google Michael them and find out. Harper's oh oh friend. yeah, there's a band uh, uh, the North Carolina prog band called Archimedes Revenge. Uh, you can Google them as well. Yeah, uh, Christopher Rudy. He's a local Atlanta yes, artist. That's... He's got a couple songs. Uh, do you want to talk about? Oh, and um, uh, a band called Drag the River out of Colorado. Uh, the sweatshirt you happen to be wearing. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm wearing a Drag the River sweatshirt. Jason's basically a walking advertisement. Yeah, for Friday the 13th and Drag the River. <laughs> and they have a new album out, and they're actually on tour right now, so go see them. Crystal Light's really not a body of water you want to drag. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, again, it's just a... The amount of people that are involved with creating a a film is incredible. What was your AD's name? I... Michael Harper. Michael Harper. Yes. He's also a producer. I'm, yeah. I'm horrible with such things. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a... You really want to hire him because he's all the things we're not. <laughs> he, on he point, does a, he, he has his notebook, all his notes, very organized. He does a very good job of maintaining order. Yes. Mm-hmm. People who aren't used to the set environment sometimes do walk into a thing and it's going to be a party. You know what I mean? There's going to be a lot. And, and it can be a lot of fun, but it's it's work. And it's hard work. And it's usually long hours. Yeah. Usually, usually it's not like an eight-hour day. Well, that's what you know. That's what our sets have in common with your sets. Long hours. Other than that, it's, 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 it's not a completely different experience. And sometimes we're actually on the actual set. Yeah, set. Whereas, whereas you guys are actually making the thing, movies. Yeah, the thing that I remember most about Surprise Party was... Uh, I, so I'm downstairs, and... I have a, a, a little notepad, and I, 
I just kept remembering, we need more feet. We need more feet. There was a scene where a girl is running around the house, but we're not supposed to really see her yet. So, I, you know, we needed these shots of her feet to, you know, so so we had some some idea that there was a person running around. And anyway, Bill kept I, giving me hell about that too. Uh, I was like, I got this note, and I'm supposed to shoot something. I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah, but we've set up a scene at this table. And right. We would like to shoot that scene. That's why he was taking so many pictures of Akiko's boots in this in part of normal because he had the we need more feet. Oh well, <laughs> we need more feet was surprise party. Yeah. 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 So he had the notes from the last show. Oh. That's what it was. Uh, <laughs> he had no. You had the idea that he was going that Akiko had to leave and. He wanted to put her in the scene, so he's going to put her boots up on the table like she had her uh, legs right. on the oh. table. We did that. We, we had to do that for uh, for uh, the classroom scene we had, where we had to have a we had a student, or we had a bunch of students, and they had to go, and then we needed one of them to stay, and we actually so we shot a scene with you know, several students, and one of them was in the foreground mm-hmm. with the other character in the background, and then we cut to shot where it's just that one student in the character, and, mm-hmm. and that was shot later, and it's you know it's what you have to do. You have to. Mm-hmm. Scheduling is such a mess in independent film because you know I mean you got people I can I can be here till two and then I gotta go I gotta work or whatever you know and 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 you just have to you have to figure out ways to make that work for you to get the final product the way it's supposed to be. Well, we I think we did a good job with that one anyway, dealing with the fact that Akiko did have to leave for. Well, we shot everything around her. You know, a few hours because she was shooting something else. Have you had the the, the opportunity to work with her yet? Uh, I have not worked with Kiko. I know her, but I have not worked with her. You need to. Like, Kiko and Mike are just phenomenal people. I mean... Yeah. Must, must be good to be hanging out with us. Well, and that was one of the headshots that I gave you. Yes. Was a Kiko um, for Surprise Party, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, you gave me like four or five. No. And yeah, she was the one we picked out almost blind, but I had the information you'd given me. Mm Mm-hmm. And that turned out to be a good choice. Yeah. She was good in Power of Normal, too. She was. And, then, and she brought Mike with her. Yeah. Mm. No, and, 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 oh, and that's how it works. Be, that absolutely works. We, we would call people we know. Hey, we need somebody. We need X. We need somebody who can fill role X. And, you know, you get a couple names, a couple recommendations. And, and, that's, and that's, how, that's literally, like, if you want to be in the film industry, like, that's what you do. You go do well mm-hmm. on these smaller sets. And, you know, and you, and you come across people. Who work on bigger sets, and then someone says, "Hey, we need person X," and, and and that's literally how you become successful in this business: is do a good job, and people will notice that you do a good job. Yeah, and it's supposed to be a because they community because they really notice if you do a bad. It job. was at one point in time. Now it's the independent is still kind of more community oriented, but when you get into Hollywood, it kind of just well, they, they kind of yeah, bleh, bleh, just bleh. like any just like any type of business. There's levels, yeah. you know. There's there's um, there's zero budget. There's micro, super micro budget. It's kind of where we are. You know, we, we we have a budget, but it's not it's not large. And then you know, and then there's kind of television level where I think that most television shows, hour long dramas nowadays are about a two million dollar an episode budget. You know, which is, well, I mean, it's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. Still, still, you know, they still have to shoot forty five minutes in nine days, which is rough schedule to maintain constantly. So you know, for twenty. 26, 24 weeks running. Well, third. Well, that's true. Depends for for the big. Well, actually, I think that the network dramas have a little bit more money, mm-hmm. um, for that very reason. Uh, most cable, most like The Walking Dead type stuff is. Well, that's really. Rev- I mean, two and three million an episode. Whole, you know, <clears throat> cable. Most of that's spent on makeup. The whole, <laughs> the whole yeah. cable show has really revolutionized how they do shows. Yeah. I mean, it makes it yeah. more like how the BBC does shows. They, they're following the British model to a great mm-hmm. extent, absolutely. Which and is it, great because yeah. they got the right. But people idea. talk about you know the Sopranos and how great the writing is. And it's like yeah, well they're writing twelve episodes. Right, they're, they're and, and they to take sometimes a year and a half or two years to do that. Yeah, you they're know? taking their time. They're doing it right. Yeah, as opposed to having the. We got to get these twenty-two episodes out, yeah. and have them done in six months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You, okay, you lose a little bit of an edge doing that. You're all, yeah, if you're going to do twenty-two episodes, you're always going to have one or two bad ones. Just not because anything you did was necessarily wrong. It's just that you can't keep that pace. And if you have a, a you know a show that has an overall story arc, yeah, you have bits where you have to put in the yeah, it's hard to exposition. Remember. It's hard to remember what happened. 17 episodes ago at the beginning of the season. You know? you know, that's why one of my favorite TV shows ever is 24. And I'll go back and I'll rewatch the seasons. And there's always like one or two subplots that I always forget in like, you know, whatever season it's. And But but as far as filler goes, they have some of the worst filler. <laughs> some of the stupidest 
plot lines. But, you know, uh, the, the overall uh, story and the acting and everything is, is so great that I, I can forgive, you know, Kim getting uh, chased by a cougar and finding the woodsman who abducts her into the underground silo. I watched that too. <laughs> um, But on the rewatch, you, you do start to realize he gets an obscene amount of stuff done in a day. Oh, hell yeah. He was that on, guy, a, he was on a plane and going out of the country, gets out of the plane crash, goes over here, goes over there. But, you know, there, there's Lord, only I have one real... I my shopping done in a day. Only one real bad continuity issue with 24 that I, I experienced. It was, um, oh, fuck, I think it was like season, season four or five. Like, he's like torturing somebody and... Um, and, and and then it ends that episode and then the, the, the next episode starts where he's in the car talking to someone and if you think about it logically he morphed from one second to the next from being torturing to in the car and that was like really the only thing so uh, that was one of the things that always impressed me about the shows uh, uh, you know as illogical it is with him getting around they usually maintain a good um, continuity of, uh, of the, the story and the characters. They put the together one hour flight from the East Coast to the West Coast. But the way they put it together the first time through, it doesn't even register that you know, he was dead before the commercial break, and now he's running full speed down the uh, street. Uh, yeah. After the commercial break, it's like, I didn't even think about that the first time I watched it, but yeah. You really probably should sit down and rest for a couple of minutes before you, <laughs> having been dead before I, the commercial break. He was only mostly dead. I just want to know when he goes to the bathroom. Uh, you know, because he's... <laughs> While he's running down the street. Wasting precious minutes! Well, he doesn't yeah. eat. So. Get off the yeah. chair! He, he doesn't eat. You don't eat, like, you don't drink. Season, season no, one... No, he drinks coffee. You know, yeah, well, oh, yeah. season one they had... Just bees himself. Though. One episode where he actually falls asleep for like three seconds, and and so, you know, they try. But I love it. That's why it only works one day a year. <laughs> <laughs> After that, you kind of need the rest of the year off. Yeah, that's right. I'm exhausted. Did you see everything I did in 24 hours? Have we missed anybody? I'm sure there's. Yeah. I, I, we all. Yeah. We're, it's there's so many people involved that. That I'm sure you know. I mean, we we can name check everybody, and we still miss a couple people. And my my and, lovely wife April, who put up with uh, me coming in at four in the morning and not questioning her many nights. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a team effort. So hey, if, Ma, you, if you didn't get properly thanked on the podcast, stay after the movie and watch the credits. Yes, where you will be uh, thanked again. I believe that's January 14th, 2014 at the Plaza Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. What's, what's happening there? The world premiere of the Morningside Monster starring Nicholas Brennan, Rob Prago, uh, Amber Cheney, Tiffany Shepis, Catherine Tabor, Mike Stanley, uh, Chris Etheridge. Uh, it does not star me. <laughs> it does not star me. D- directed by Chris Etheridge. You don't want to see that movie. Trust me. <laughs> And, and written by every, Jason Palmer, everyone else that I produced by Michael Harper is and uh, made by a bunch of really, really talented people who uh, worked very, very hard. Uh, a special thank you to uh, Lee Walker, Lee Walker and, and Robert uh, Burkich, our executive producers, and Johnny Walker. All right, everybody, <laughs> we're keeping everybody well nice. lubricated. And, and my 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 nice. cat Pixie and. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Her little sister Corva and who, uh, who uh, kept you company while editing. Yeah. This yeah. is the left channel. <laughs> yeah, but is it backwards or is it? No, it's no, that's it's, the right. This will be the right side. Yeah. I'm fucking with people. I'm telling them it's the left channel. But they're gonna know. <laughs> but unless right. they have their head. Right. All, all that's gonna do is make oh, them wow. go, "Wow, that guy doesn't understand directions very well." <laughs> I need, I need to incorporate that, that into an correct. episode. Putting your headphones on backwards? No, the, I was talking about the, the mist and 3D yeah. audio. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's you and I, we take a little walk. For a <laughs> they're going to they're gonna talk, and uh, I'm going to whisper in your ear, and I'm going to tell you beautiful, beautiful things. It's so nice that you could join us today. You're cutting this segment, huh? No, actually, this is probably oh, This part will make it. Did yeah. I tell you? We've stopped talking about Tina and her goodness. Okay. 
I think your eyes are like diamonds. <laughs> so beautiful. Oh my god, I need more. So, so beautiful. <laughs> cool, blimey, that's great stuff. I love these guys. Heck, just being able to keep up with the two loonies is impressive. Chris and Jason are really quick. I cannot wait to see The Morningside Monster on January 14th, 2014 at the Plaza in the ATL. Yeah. Hope to see you there for Chris, Chris, Larry, Jason, Harvey, uh, and Marissa. I'm Tina saying, have a terrifying day. Who do you think I was talking to? <laughs> she can listen to it whenever he's on. She can listen to it whenever he's on location. Don't listen to them, baby. <laughs> this episode of Achieving Reality, the podcast, has been brought to you by the Morningside Monster. Hello, everyone. Do you like a great suspense-filled film? Do you like supporting local films and local filmmakers? Well then, I've got just what you want. Get your tickets now for The Morningside Monster, a locally made and produced film written and directed by two, well, locals that are extremely talented and we at AR Productions and Pop Culture Architects are happy to call friends. Grab your tickets right now for The Morningside Monster. Showing January 14th, 2014 at the Plaza in downtown Atlanta on Ponce de Leon. The Morningside Monster, January 14th, 2014 at 7 and 9.45 p.m. There will be a Q&A session after each screening with some of the cast and crew. Buy your tickets now! The Morningside Monster, January 14th, 2014 at the Plaza at 7 and 9.45 p.m. Go see it!